everyone and welcome to From the Heart, a podcast brought to you by Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong. My name's Josie Cooks and as we adjust to social distancing and working and learning remotely due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we're going to be sharing stories with you about our experiences as a way of staying connected and being in community with each other. been the case since COVID-19 first began impacting the way we live and work, we once again find ourselves adjusting to a changing landscape. Term 2 brings new adjustments to the delivery of education with a gradual return of students to school as of week 3. Our teachers are doing an incredible job adapting to the circumstances to ensure the best possible support is provided for their students. And during the holidays, I caught up with two of them to find out what teaching remotely has looked like for them. My first guest is Luke McBride from Corpus Christi Catholic High School in Oak Flats. Hi Luke, welcome. Hey Josie, how are you? I'm very well. How are you and your family holding up with the current COVID-19 situation? Um, yeah, overall I think we're doing, we're doing well. Um, I do believe there's probably more families out there that are less fortunate. I know that you've got a really tight group of friends who are extremely social. So how are you coping with the social isolation? Um, yeah, I do have to admit it has been uh, more difficult than expected. Um, like we, me and my friends, yeah, I'm very lucky to have such a good group of friends that I've been yeah, so, close for, so close with for so long. Um, like we still chat like each day on social media, but I, I do like notice that it isn't the same. Um, a lot of my like my friends and I, we grew up in that technology boom, or you know we're on our phones and have our laptops and stuff. But I, I think my friends, which is why I love each other, is that um, we would rather always just you know catch up with each other in person and have a laugh yeah. you know, with our phones on the side. So I think we sort of miss those moments. Yeah, so I, I understand um, why we are doing this, though. I think that's what makes it um, easier to get through each week. Um, so, yeah, it's made it tough. Like, it's, it's hard because we you got to follow these regulations and they're changing, you know, every single week. All right, so let's have a chat about what teaching is looking like at the moment. Um, now that the system has moved into um, remote learning, how are you delivering your lessons? Um, so firstly, I'm probably one of the lucky ones, I guess, in terms of I was already really using a Google Classroom prior to all this happening. So um, most of my students are familiar with how I was sort of setting out my work. Um, I In my Google Classroom, I sort of had um, my students upload like their home learning once a week to like a photo. Okay. Um, so I really just slightly just changed that where um, it was sort of like a weekly content and submission folder or assignment where they had all the instructions of what they had to do each week and um, they had to sort of complete the list and then upload a photo by the end. Um, I also did like a daily, um, like a recommendation of what they should be doing each lesson. Um, regarding sort of the delivery of lessons, see this has obviously made a big change because obviously we're not in the classroom. Um, so we had to create um, videos and and individual remote learning booklets. Um, so regarding the videos, 
we created, well, most of the teachers at Corpus Christi or in the maths department have originally already made videos explaining a lot of the concepts in maths. Um, um, so we've used these videos and obviously had to add to these videos and make new ones, um, which were answering questions from a booklet that the students will receive. Now, since they will be um, at home all through Term 2, um, we actually got permission a few days ago that we're able to send through these booklets to their houses so then they have the booklet in front of them and they'll work through yeah, the, the lessons and the week's content. Okay. Have you come up with any other innovative ideas um, for delivering lessons and supporting the students? Um, so innovative ways, I, I, I do think the two big ones would be the videos and the remote learning um, booklets. The videos are, are excellent because, for one, they're going to get videos from their teacher explaining it, so they're probably a bit more com uh, comfortable with their teacher's voice. Um, as well as at home, they're allowed to pause, rewind, rewatch these videos as much as they want without sort of the pressure of the teacher. So I do highly think the videos are a great resource. Um, for one, I, since teaching last year, one goal for me was to really try and make sure um, I didn't have students have like a lazy excuse not to complete work. So developing like the um, Google Classroom and these videos, if a student was, you know, either sick or away or at a school commitment, they always had access to learning. So um, I think that is a definite, um, yeah, great great way to continue learning through this process, and um, which was probably not common 20 years ago. Yeah. Well, you're young, and you've obviously got your head around the tech side of it, and you're quite tech savvy, but you're only in your second year of teaching. So what are some of the biggest challenges you've been facing with working remotely? Um, yeah, biggest challenges. I, I, I do think the biggest challenges um, at the moment would be uh, firstly, developing positive relationships with the students. Um, I think the situation we're all in now, it almost makes it impossible to make or develop a rapport with our students, um, which developing that relationship is just a huge part of teaching on its own. Um, we don't, we, at the moment, we're not able to see how our students are entering the classrooms. Um, and I think all teachers could, um, could say, like, you know, when a student enters the classroom, if they're feeling um, upset or you, you, could, you can sense it straight away. At the moment, we don't have that. Yeah. Um, so we, we can't communicate well with them. So I'm thinking of ways to eliminate these challenges. So um, I think the Zoom meeting, like I mentioned before, like one hour, like a week, just to touch base with them. I think them just seeing your face or even speaking to you is a, is a big thing. Um, as well as sort of other little things I'm trying to, our school's trying to bring forth is like a, in um, roll call, we call it learning circle, where trying to get students to like answer some quizzes, so like a fun fact Friday sort of thing as well, just to, um, yeah, let the pressure off a little bit. Um, another challenge I think is really tough at the moment, I noticed the last two weeks, is following up on work and contacting home. Um, nice. The reason being is like one, once a week we want to collect data to see you know, which students are completing work and obviously that's going to vary depending on the years and what type of class you have um, and you know if a student's not you know, 
giving us any work. We're going to have to eventually contact home. Um, and I think there's, that's quite tough because we don't know the situation a lot of families are going through right now. Um, yeah. Um, and I, I don't think maybe some some parents you know might have lost their jobs and the students um, or their child you know education might not be number one on the priority list, which is crazy to think like that. But um, that's the times we're you know, living through right now. So we have to be very mindful to not send you know 100 emails at a time back to these parents because they're probably going through some stuff. So it's trying to. Um, do the best approach when contacting home, I think, sir, is, a, is a definite challenge. Um, you're currently teaching Year 12 Standard Maths. So how are your Year 12 students coping with the disruptions? Um, definitely mixed emotions. One thing we noticed the last few weeks is students um, uh, are checking in or doing their work at different times, and that would be for a number of reasons, I think. Uh, we actually spoke to a few students, and it might be the case that um, the sibling, uh, the older sibling, had to look after his younger siblings while his parents were at work, so he wouldn't be able to start his um, school work until they got back, say, three o'clock. So he had students yeah. checking in at three, four o'clock. So then the case was, since they are starting at that time, they would then email us, you know, from you know four in the arvo all the way up to midnight. And it would make, you know, a normal sort of period it was like we you check your emails to say maybe five, six just before dinner and then you'd then check the following day. But now in this case we're gonna get emails, you know, throughout the night and if we don't answer sort of straight away, you sort of do feel a little bit guilty. Um, yeah. So I think that's playing on a lot of teachers' minds at the moment. So will you take a break during the Easter period and um, the two-week holidays? Um, I think yeah, I think everyone needs needs that bit of break. Like for me personally, I do like to sort of keep keep working a little bit. So I'm not yeah, I'm not too sure how many emails we're going to receive over this break, since there's no work there. But I know there'll be some students that would still want to either catch up things that they missed or either you know further extend themselves. So. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different of a school uh, holiday than I think last year, that's for sure. You know, Luke, it was interesting before when you said about um, the older children in year 12 and so forth having to supervise their younger brothers and sisters until their parents got out of work. I actually never even thought about that being another factor um, on top of everything else that they've got to deal with. Yeah, yeah, it's... It's tough. And, that's, and that's the biggest thing I was sort of saying in my challenges. We just don't know what some of these families are going through and yeah. what they have to deal with. Look, COVID-19 has definitely had an impact on all of our lives um, and some of it we can use as a teachable moment. So moving forward, what impact will this have on your teaching pedagogy? Um, yeah, it's... it's Definitely made me think outside the box. Um, it's made me sort of stick to a lot of my initial um, thoughts from last year. Like, like I explained before, like how I implemented technology um, for students to always have access to their learning. So my Google Classroom, I always had my instructions on there and my resources available and um, a way for me to collect data. So I definitely will be sticking with that. 
um, mm-hmm. as I continue teaching. Um, the videos as well, I'm personally trying to, my end goal is to sort of create an explanation video on every math concept for each year. That's probably take me five, ten years, but that's sort of my big goal. Mm-hmm. And I really want that um, because I know personally when I was going through school that I was a, probably a busy student. I was out and about maybe doing sporting commitments or activities at school and I did miss a few lessons and it wasn't that I didn't want to miss it. It was just I I knew when I did miss a lesson that I needed to catch up and I, I knew that those videos would be the, the perfect thing. So um, so that's sort of my goal. I want to yeah, create videos uh, for my future students and, and then maintain a very clear instruction as well through the Google Classroom. I love how you say that. I know I know a couple of busy students that could have done with some um, lessons that were video students so they could have caught up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's something positive that has come out of the COVID-19 situation for you? Um, for myself, uh, definitely connecting with family is a, is a big one. Like I said, my, my brothers now live in the same roof as me. Um, we do butt our heads <laughs> at times, but um, we always have a massive laugh after it as well. Um, I could definitely, yeah, look back and say there is a bit of a silver line to this whole situation. That it's made me connect a lot um, better with my family, especially the brother that I'm living with right now. He was um, living in Paris the last previous last three years, so I haven't seen him for a while. So it's been really good to catch up with him again. Isn't that that's really cool? So now you get to make up for that lost time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Luke, thank you. This has been really insightful and um, really enjoyable. I can't thank you enough for taking the time out to um, no, no, chat thank with me. You. My next guest is Donna Melody, a Grade 4 teacher from Good Samaritan Primary School in Ferry Meadow. Welcome, Donna, and thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Hi, Josie. How are you holding up in the current situation? Well, I'm trying to take it just day by day and I'm really trying to look for the positives, like firstly as a mum and as a teacher. So my main focus has been looking after my teenage children's wellbeing and I've been spending lots of time with them and doing some fun things. And I, I think I'm actually less stressed because I've had to let go of a lot of things which I would normally control and that's, that's pretty hard for a teacher, trust me. <laughs> okay. How are you finding the changes to remote learning and what has been the biggest challenge? Uh, okay, apart from that control I mentioned, um, I think I'm actually okay um, with the changes, which is a surprise for me. Maybe one of the biggest challenges is just not seeing their little faces every day. Um, every time I walk in the room, I get greeted by all these smiles and comments and laughter. And um, I, I think I've gotten really used to that. And I don't know, they always seem to have a story to tell me or a comment to make or an anecdote. And I really miss having that daily contact with them. So are you staying connected at all with your students? Uh, yes. Yeah, so one thing that um, our school put in place were phone calls home to check on the children, I think, and on the parents too, to see how they um, were adjusting and because that's a big change for them and their home life has changed a lot as well. So it's a big adjustment for the families. 
Um, but actually, I'm really surprised their, with their resilience and how the children have, how, have adapted and maybe how their parents have adapted to, to having this home school. And yeah, they've been pretty happy and most of them, I think, are enjoying their other teacher at home. And how often do you speak to them? Um, so I only speak to them, I've only called them at home once. Okay. Uh, yeah, just to check in. And then if a parent sends a question, um, I've called a couple to answer a few questions. And were they excited to hear your voice? Oh, they were so excited. It was really funny. They were Most of them were fairly quiet at first and then during the call they relaxed a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I felt pretty special. I felt a bit um, like a bit of, you know, not a movie star, but I felt really um, <laughs> privileged to that they were so excited to hear from me. I was like, wow. Yeah, it was lovely. It was really great. Yeah. So tell me this then, because this is new for kids. So how are they coping and are they able to stay on task with their learning? So I'm surprised they're doing really well at home. Um, and the parents and kids said they're fairly focused. I think they do have a, you know, a day, time during their day where they might go off track or it's a beautiful day. So they spend a bit of time outside. And so they have to be, they're quite flexible. But I think the families I've spoken to um, are just getting into a groove and then they adjust the day to, to suit whatever's happening for them as a family. And as yeah. a teacher, you'd have to admire the parents for taking this on. Oh, absolutely. I'm a parent, so I, I've, it's just such a big change to their role. Absolutely. When we were chatting off air earlier, you mentioned that you had started to read a book to your class that they were really interested in and enjoyed. Can you tell me a bit more about the innovative idea that you came up with to make this still happen for them? So the teacher that I work with, we wanted to read a book called Captain Jimmy Cook Discovers the Third Grade. Um, but obviously we couldn't read it to them because we didn't have the children with us. So um, we found out it wasn't an audio book. So I was chatting to her and I came up with the idea that how about we actually record our voices reading the story? So, hey, teachers love to read. And um, so we thought, why not? So, but we were pretty worried about um, copyright, uh, the copyright issue if we read the whole book. So I said to my grade partner, well, look, why don't we um, try and contact the author and explain our situation and just see if she even minds if, you know, we could read the, the book and record our voices. So I actually emailed her and look, lo and behold, she actually got back to me and she was awesome. She was so supportive when she found out what we planned to do with her book and, yeah, encouraged us to go ahead. And then in the email, she mentioned that um, her son was actually getting a book read to him by his teacher. So she could definitely see the, the, the value in it. So And she was really impressed that we had the initiative to even to do that and contact her. So... Um, as I've been reading the book, I found out that I've made so many mistakes and I've had to reread and I was going to cut them and edit um, my, my reading. And then I thought, you know what, in the classroom, I'd be, I'd be making mistakes. And I say to the kids, you have to take it, it's a must take. So I haven't edited any of my readings. Um, I've kept all the, the chapters that I've read and I've just been um, uploading them and my grade partner, we've been uploading them as we go along, mistakes and all. So that's what they're getting. Why do you think mistakes are so important? Oh, look, they just have to get used to making them and it means you're having a go and you've made an effort. 
and you learn from them so you know nothing's perfect so I'm just I want them to be actually comfortable to make a mistake so that it's not a big deal and yeah my reading is full of them so you know not too many I'm I'm still doing quite well because I love to read I love it I really enjoy it but there's definitely some um, rereading that was happening there and have you had any feedback from the children yeah, the kids love it. They love the book and they, they want to hear about the next day and what does Jimmy Cook do next. And some children have even um, found another book in the series that the author's written and have investigated the author. So it's sort of opened up, you know, a whole new um, new author for the children to find out about. Yeah. And is this um, an initiative that you think you'll carry forward once we go back to some sort of normality? Yeah, absolutely. Even... Um, kids practicing a book to record their voices um, as a resource for maybe a younger grade um, I think that'd be like a really wonderful tool for children to, yeah. to do um, and it and, and then they can practice you know changing their voice and adding intonation and all the pausing um, yeah and the kids and the kids have even tried to they've uploaded a few little stories that they've been reading at home and they've been practicing on their um, iPad at home so yeah, it's opened up some great opportunities for us. Oh, that's amazing. All right, so tell me this. What other adjustments have you had to make to the way that you teach? Uh, like I think I said before, I've had to let go of uh, a lot of things, um, uh, a lot of the ways that I would normally teach. So, for example, that we're only really focusing on the core subjects of religion English and math so that's mm-hmm. that's a big change for a teacher um, I think I'm a little bit happy about that though um, so um, also we've had to look at concepts that really are better suited to teach online so a, a bit picking picking no that doesn't work maybe let's try that concept so we've had to shuffle around the year a bit so that other concepts will teach later in the year when we're back face to face so this um, sort of online learning means I've had to really adapt um, and let go of lots of things that I that I valued. I, it is quite different to the way I would normally teach. I think I wouldn't. Um, I have to. I would differentiate a lot more in the classroom. So um, that's a big change for me at school. Um, and I, but I want to make sure that um, there's not a big pressure on parents at home too, because some students. Um, and not having a parent beside them, a lot of parents have to work or there's a toddler. So we're really picking lessons where um, it would suit at home learning if there's minimal support there. But parents have been fantastic to say that. Because I think there is a lot of pressure on parents at the moment, isn't there? Absolutely. They've still they've been thrown into this, like we all have. Their parents have been thrown into this brand new way and having their kids at home all day. And they're not teachers, which is okay. So um, we want to make sure that they're well supported, um, which is why we have to really adapt what we're sending home because it's all visual, it's all online, and it's not introduced the way we would introduce it in a classroom environment. Do you think it's also important to have realistic expectations? Absolutely. Like I said, there's parents have to work and cook and look after other children, and um, you know they've got their own household to run. So. Um, we're just exper- we're just asking the parents to do whatever they can, and sometimes I've even said to parents on the phone, "You might not get any of what's set out today done." That's okay. So I think 
they need to hear that, that it's whatever they get done, that's okay. Mm. So be kind to themselves. <laughs> well, we just spoke about the pressures that are on parents and your parents. So when it comes to the COVID-19 restrictions, what's been the most difficult thing for you to um, adjust to? So maybe adjustments-wise, um, I don't normally sit down for so long. I'm finding sitting in front of that screen um, is a challenge. I'm usually moving around the classroom at a table, at a small group, pulling kids to the front. So that actual sedentary sitting um, is is a challenge. We do, like I do have breaks and we've been, um, you know, our bosses supported us and said you really need to make sure you're even scheduling breaks and we've scheduled those in for the children as well. Um, but yeah, I do really sit down so um, that's a big change for me. Um, maybe more on a personal note, I've I've got an elderly mother in an aged care facility and I haven't been able to even see her physically so that's um, hard for her and for me and she's struggling with that. She, she's very confused. So that's not being able to see someone is... Um, that that's been a, a big change for me and something um, I've had to deal with. I've, I've had one FaceTime with her just recently, which she struggled with the technology. So that was interesting. She kept dropping it and, what are you doing? And, and my three teenagers talked to her and she found that a bit of a struggle because they speak quicker than I do. And they speak in teen. So um, I was saying to them, slow down, slow down. So, but that was great that we could see her face, and she loves seeing our faces. So, um, that's been a bit of a struggle to not, yeah, to, to not even be able to go see her in the flesh. Yeah, that, would be so <laughs> that was hard. That's hard. I'm and sure that would change, and lots of people are in my boat. So, um, at least I can now see her via the technology. She's getting better. But she can work it out. Yeah, getting better. Okay, so. You know, we're not going to be in this situation forever. There will be a period of time when we do get to go back to our old norm as such. So when that happens, what are you most looking forward to once the teachers and students return back to school? You know what, I just want to see their... I really want to see their faces every day in front of me and hear their stories and, um, you know, being able to put my arm on their shoulder and go, look, are you okay? And just being not so physically distant. And, yeah, I, like I said, I love when they post things and they've, they put their voice on so I can hear it. So, yeah, that's for me, that's the biggest thing. I miss the staff as well too a bit, but I really genuinely just want to see all their faces, all 29 of them. Now, before, you were saying how you're not as stressed as you were because you've had to let go of things. What are some of those things that you're going to make sure you that when life goes back to normal, you don't bring them along with you? I think, um, yeah, I think for me to know that when I go home, I don't have to take everything with me, like spend hours more. And I think whatever I get done at school, I think I've done my best. I've worked hard and maybe that, that's got to be enough because I need mm. to go home and be a parent too to three teens and my welfare, my well-being is important. And I think it's really weird. This has made me, um, I'm, I think I'm quite a balanced person and I'm quite fit. And it's really made me look at what I do with all my time. And well-being is so important. So that's maybe the one thing that I will 
um, I'll try and do less but um, just be happy with what I've done I'll actually try and be happy with you know what that's what I've done that'll do I'll try and be happy with that yeah it's interesting isn't it we both live I would say relatively close to work but even the extra amount of time that we have each day yeah not having to travel you know a couple of kilometers yeah even that is yeah that gives you that bit of extra time and we do have time it's just what we choose to do with it so um yeah it's it's it there's there are positives i've seen lots of positives to this so that's what i'm looking for i'm there for the positives (laughs) so and when you're back at school with that beautiful class of 29 students what's the main fun thing that you're going to do with them as a celebration um i don't know um i just want to I think we'll just go and sit outside in the grass and just sit and hang there because, and just and, and get them to chat and I'll just open the gates and see what they have to say um, because I love, they're so spontaneous. So you can't plan anything in a school, especially in a primary school, you can't plan it. So I think I'll sit them outside and we'll just, I'll let them go for it and, and just get off, share whatever they need to. Yeah, hopefully on a sunny day. <laughs> Well, Donna, thank you. I've really enjoyed our chat and thank you for sharing your experience with me. That's right, Josie. I enjoyed it. It As tough as it was, um, I enjoyed speaking to you. Thanks. I'd like to thank this week's special guests, Luke McBridey and Donna Malady, and I wish them and all the teachers returning to school who are listening the very best for Term 2. Thanks, Josie. podcast was produced by Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong. Music provided by bensound.com. I'm Josie Cooks and thanks for listening in. Join us next time as we talk to other members of our Catholic school community about finding hope in the midst of our new normal.